Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with the David Niles, Don David. We have Juan all over VMix today. Just killing it. Look at it. look at these graphics. If you guys don't check us out on YouTube, you need to, because you're missing out on all the graphics that Juan labors over to make sure that it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye while watching. You're going to miss all the images he downloads off the internet. Yeah, and then <laughs> throws up onto our onto our show. Thank you, Juan, for all of your help. We have Jim, Bo, Baggins, Jim Time, Jim Time. Mr. Golden Jim. Jim! Jim! Uh, here with us this evening. Thank you, Jim. And then we also have returning... Uh, to the Catholic Man Show, a, a, a good friend of ours, Father Sean O'Brien. Father Sean, you had for a long time one of the highest downloads of the Catholic Man Show. <laughs> Has that changed? I don't you know. You don't have to answer I, that. I, you know you don't have to answer that. I don't know. I haven't, to be honest with you, I have not looked at <laughs> any of our analytics in a long time. That's all right. We have no idea if anyone's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a good, there's a good chance it's like your mom, my mom, Dave's mom, our wives. Mm hmm. I got it on auto download. <laughs> okay, good. All right. And, and you. And All right. Um, but yeah, so we did a show. It was a while ago. How long ago was that? A couple years ago, maybe? It was a couple years ago. Yeah. It had to be. I, it, I think it was like four years we ago. We just had our, Almost our fifth ago. year anniversary. Yeah. So Been a little while. Because yeah. it was around episode 100. I don't know exactly. It was like either... Nine, oh, oh, you unplugged yourself. I unplugged. Okay. It, it was either like 99, 100, somewhere around in there, I think. It's an authenticity. Authenticity. It's on like tattoos. Tattoos, yeah. 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 Tattoos. So anyway, go back and check that out if you just Google and on the Catholic Man oh, Show fun. tattoos. I saw a very funny meme about tattoos. It was <laughs> like, oh, someone said, I don't wear I don't have tattoos because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And then it said, Meanwhile, churches, and it showed a picture of like some Eastern church that was just covered in like Murals, Icons. murals, and paintings <laughs> everywhere. It's like there was not a spot of wall or ceiling in that entire church that wasn't essentially tattooed, right? It was yeah. very funny. Like, oh well, if you really were a church, you'd cover your body in tattoos. That's right. You know, like make in, your body a in, temple in sacred images and stuff. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's just if like, I can't see Jesus all over your face, you're wrong. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I had never thought about it that way. Yeah. Uh, you're right. If you if you remember, also we determined that Juan, Juan wasn't going to hell for yeah the turtle tattoo. Yeah, the, the turtle tattoo was not going to condemn him in and of itself, unless it was done for idolatry reasons. Right? Was it Juan? No. Okay. He says no. He is safe. He's no. He could be lying, but he says no. The thing about Juan is, though, he typically doesn't lie. Jimbo. <sighs> yeah. Dodge that one. Okay. So hey, let's let's jump into this drink this evening. It's Altmore Twelve Year. I like. The, the label on it's Altmore of the Foggy Moss. <laughs> foggy Moss. Huh? It's a, it's like Foggy Moss. You know, it's like the Saints, like Saint of where, wherever they're from or yeah. something like that. Hagen yeah. Like yeah, it's like, oh, I like that. Altmore of the Foggy Moss. So it's a space side. It's I a single single malt scotch whiskey, age twelve years, space side, so odds are it's gonna have a little butterscotch. A little sweeter taste to it Ooh, would be I my guess. I think it does. I think it does. It does smell of butterscotch. Floral. Heavy on the scotch. <laughs> little light on the butter. <laughs> the Scottish people are like, oh, butterscotch? We call that butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Floral. I get um, green apples. Hmm. Tangerines. I like the Whoa, way I get green smells. apples, too. Yeah. yeah. I never got like a... <laughs> my, my, it, it's really wow. there, huh? Wow. Green apple. I should drink with you tangerine. more often. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Adam has gotten good at this. Tangerines. I don't even know what those smell like. Think about those, you no, know, those little, little, those little cuties, you know, those kind oh, of I smell like tangerines. Those are yeah. kind of tasty. 
So that's what it smells like uh, on the nose, at least. It's a very light color. It yes, is, it is. Uh, lighter than apple it's juice. Ardbeggy in, in color, yeah. I would say. Have you how how often do you have you had very many scotches, Father? Nope. No, like when mm. you've been on our show, and then a couple other times, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I really don't know anything about scotch. Mm. It's got peat in it. In this one doesn't have peat. This like is not none? peat. Well, this is not supposed to be peaty at all. Like, oh wow, I thought it was like a no, spade of all scotches. No, that's not no. So that's a good that's a good question. No, so like a mm. lot of space sides and highlands do not have the the peaty taste to it. Um, this one's going to be probably more smooth, a little bit sweeter. It's like the smoothest thing I've ever had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's mm. impressive. I really like this. The flavor really transforms. At first, it's one thing, and then it's another. <laughs> it transforms. <laughs> it transforms. No, but really, the end, you get a lot of the butterscotch, like the sweeter... Uh, Sweeter mm. tones come in, and it's a, a longer finish. It really is good. What was that one we had the other day? It was uh, the other week. It was like Akintoshin or something. Akintoshin. Akintoshin. It tastes similar to Akintoshin, except for this one has a longer finish, a mm-hmm. little bit of black pepper on the end, yeah, and uh, has a little bit more just characteristics in on, on the nose than than what that one did, mm. in my opinion trying to figure out what is the flavor the finish it's like, what is that flavor? boss it's the butter part of the butterscotch it's butter oh. can you not believe it's butter i can't not <laughs> believe it's yeah, n- it could be margarine it could be a margarine finish <laughs> you know what really bugs me do you remember those begging strips commercials that, mm-hmm. like where the dog is like running around like it's bacon <laughs> <laughs> i have always hated those commercials because they're like at the end dogs don't know it's not bacon the dog thought everything in the commercial was bacon. He literally, everything he saw, <laughs> he thought was bacon. And then you think like, oh, because he thought these bacon strips were also bacon, that that means that dogs think it's bacon? It's like, no, that's a, that's a dumb dog. It thought everything was bacon. Okay, so you, you know, know what I'm saying? That's you the know, category of a random comment. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> welcome to the Catholic Man <laughs> Show. Right. You know what I think at the very end, the finish? What is it? You know when the uh, when you were a kid, you'd p- pick those honeysuckles, and you'd take those little purple mm-hmm. things, and you'd suck on it just I for a little bit? I did that yesterday. Or, or whenever you're have, a 34-year-old man, and you I have that. daughters who bring them to me, and I'm expected to eat them. So, you know, at the very beginning, it's like there's a little sweetness to it, and then there's flor- like kind of plant taste, Yeah, uh, a little floral. That it's is a honeysuckle. The, yeah, that's the ending honeysuckle. to me. That's what it reminds me of at the ending of of this uh, scotch, Altmore Twelve. What? How much did this cost? I think it was about uh, forty five. Okay, forty eight. I think that is. I think that is fairly priced. It's a, it's a very under fifty bucks. I think. I think it's. Uh, I think if it's I remember correctly, I don't know. I bought it about a month and a half. There's a ago. little bit of a medicinal flavor to it, also, like just a little bit. Um, hmm. It's very smooth, I, though. I, I don't say that okay, in so a, you're, a negative way. Uh, Father, you're not a scotch drinker, but the first thing you said after you had a little sip was, that's one of the smoothest scotches I've ever had. Now, mm-hmm. granted, you haven't had very many scotches. However, for somebody who doesn't drink a lot of scotch, this would be a good one to to mm-hmm. break out yeah. to, with friends and things like that if it is, as you said, very smooth. Yeah, no, it's tasty. You're a, probably a good litmus test. Because, oh, like, we, we get emails a lot about from people saying, hey... I want to start, get into scotch, you know, what What should I buy? Here you go. The the beginners gives it a thumbs up. Okay. Yes. It is tasty. It is good. Dave, we also need to announce about a camp out because... Yes. Uh, were we, yes. Did we do it last week? We I did it last week. Oh, yes. We did do it last week. But we can do it again. So it's the last Man, it's so tough to September. remember when we talk off air versus... I know, on, dude. I know. And I'm getting older and okay. I'm just losing Wiser, it a little bit. You are very old. I'm about to be 35. Very old. 35. Yeah, you're the oldest here. 35 wow. is intimidating. Well, Jim. I mean, Jim's right. older than us, but... Just barely. <laughs> Juan, are you kind of in our class, too? You're in our class, too, aren't you? No. Juan's, Juan's a baby. He's like a baby over there. He's like 32 or... Two. Yeah, oh, 32. Wow, you're, so, wow, has, you're like okay, a couple years He minus. still has baby hair. But if you go to thecatholicmanshow.com, <laughs> you can find... <laughs> so if you go to thecatholicmanshow.com... And you click, no, no, one. Um, Stop it. Uh, you, you, can, you can look on the, there's a camp out 
little button. Is there? Yes. And you click on that. It actually shows you the video that was produced last year at the campout. It's at Clear Creek Abbey. It's in Holbert, Oklahoma. Last year we had 12 states represented. It's the last weekend of September, like September 23rd through the 26th. This year we expect very similar results. We're, we're, we are going to cut it down a little bit because it's very hard. So what happens is if you're a patron, it's free. If you're not a patron, it See. costs 50 bucks. See. But Juan cooks, Juan and, and a group of guys cook all a, weekend. A feast all the time. And then uh, and then we have beer and a, a scotch taste, whiskey tasting. So 50 bucks, if you're, if you're not a patron, it's a, it's a very, it's a bargain. So Ken Henderson suggested, no, Ken Sabbath suggested this year, instead of having one scotch tasting, we do... Uh, bourbons on Friday night and scotches on Saturday night, and I think that's a good idea. A good Last idea. year it was there was too many. To, there were too many. To, I mean, which is great, great problem to have. We have too many scotches <laughs> to moderately sample, to temperately sample. So uh, maybe we can do that this year. That's good, Father. We're about to uh, come on break, but you are about to have a new assignment. I am. Yep. Uh, which you are going to? I'm going to Poto, Poto, Oklahoma, south of I-40, almost in Arkansas, about two hours south of here. So it'll be an adventure. Looking and, forward to it. And pretty country. Yeah, I've heard that. It's a great part of Oklahoma, beautiful part of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> World's tallest hill. Almost a mountain. It's like a four, foot short. No uh, kidding. Yep. I had no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. Another reason why Oklahoma Claim is just awesome. for Poto. Awesome. Come visit. Stop for mass. I'll be there. <laughs> This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic woodworker Jonathan Conrad focuses on equipping families for battle in the modern world. We're very excited that the Catholic Woodworker sponsors our show. Everything that they put out is top-notch. It's heirloom quality. It's handmade. Whether it's home altars, crucifixes, or rosaries, they're actually now the producer of the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. So go check it out. Yeah, if you use TCMS for the Catholic Man Show as a promo code, you get 10% off all of your purchases. Let's him know that we sent you. He'll continue supporting the show. Go support Jonathan at thecatholicwoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan and Father Sean O'Brien. Priest of God, here in the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. Amen. It is I. I mean, there's priests of other things, but you're priest of God. I am a priest of God. Mm -hmm. I'm not a priest of anything else. In the order of Melchizedek, even. Yes. Do you ever say that? I guess I... Yeah, you are. Might be if Jesus Christ is in that line. Yeah, you are. And I am because he's line. the high priest according to the according line of Mel- Melchizedek. Yeah. yeah. So I guess so. Never thought about that. Yeah. Welcome, Father. Give yourself. Thank you. I mean, I'm a firm believer that you give yourself the sweetest title you can. You know, like priest in the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. I think I'd rather Jesus Christ. Well, it's both. You don't you throw yeah, it no, all you, in there? Yeah, you add. You just keep adding. Yeah. Like, how do you say that altogether? Uh, I would say like in the line of Jesus Christ in the line of Melchizedek. It seems priest. Priest of Jesus Christ in the line of Melchizedek, according that, to the, That's you better. Mean, think about it. Ordained, gotta, it's a working title. Ordained right? by uh, yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ordained by God on a mission from God. Yes. Called by God himself to serve in the high temple. Okay, so we're going to talk about Christian, Christian perfection. perfection this evening. Boom, baby. Otherwise known as spiritual manhood. I like that. <laughs> so I had a quote. I had a quote for you guys. This is from St. John Henry Newman from his sermon called Christian Manhood. Uh, I love it. He, this is, so he's kind of talking about Pentecost. We're kind of around the season of Pentecost. It's yeah. not season, but the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Yeah. It's this a little weekend. homework for folks. Uh, check out his sermon on Christian manhood. He breathed on them a divine life and gifted them with spiritual manhood. Or perfection, as it is called in Scripture. <laughs> oh, yeah. like Oh, yeah. Some people call it. Uh, perfection. Yeah. So it's like it's basically forever. God is saying, "Be manly as I am manly." That's right. Be perfect as I am perfect. Be manly as I am manly. 
There's wow. no other options. That's pretty manly. I don't. Yeah. All of a sudden, I feel inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's you've so, received. You've been confirmed. Yes. Do you have Christ's manhood? I guess I do. Manager. I guess I do. Oh. I need to add that to my title. That's right. Receiver of Christ's manhood. <laughs> manhood in the order of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, Father, there's a lot of, like, when it comes to Christian perfection, there's people who are sitting here thinking, I get it. There's a lot of great saints out there. I'm not perfect. I'm not That's perfect. thinking. And it's like, obviously, the, so you, you think about the saints and you're thinking like, man, these are like, basically Catholic superheroes, or you think of the priests in your in your parish, and you're like, well, this priest is just super holy. He He's doing great. I just struggle with everything. Yeah. Um, which I have found, as the more priest friends that I, I have, which I, I consider you one of my priest friends, the more the, the more I, I uh, priest friends I have, the more I realize, you know what? Uh, priest, like, priests struggle with things that I struggle with, like... I do go to confession. Don't tell anyone, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, you. if you scary. confess to me, I cannot absolve you. <laughs> I can't Don't worry, either. I won't do that. I okay. can't manly, but I'm not that manly. <laughs> right. Uh, so what do you say to those to, to the guys who are just sitting there saying, like, I, I get the idea that we're supposed to be perfect, but it just seems so far from being obtainable. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, you know, I think there's a good analogy that we can use just to kind of understand what's what we're kind of getting at in the sense of perfection. I mean, perfection is coming from that Latin word, Perfectus, and that's yes. We are where we're at this. Yep. Dave and I go about this. Da- mm-hmm. No, Dave and I just go to Latin class. We're, we're oh yeah, Latin. you all are Latin experts, so I'll yeah. let you yeah, explain yes. what it means. It's made up of two words. Perfect per and tus. By <laughs> per is through, like thoroughly or, right. all, or something like that. Yeah. And then factus is factus facere. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck you is the uh, I make. Yes. Faccio. Uh, yeah, or it depends. I mean, that's a Faccio, Yeah, depending on how you yeah how you the say C, it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a Latin expert, but something like that. So, anyways, that means to be made thorough, thoroughly, to be Fa- thoroughly made, facere to be is mature. The infinitive is the yeah, infinitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, you're good. Thank Woo. you. Thank you. I'm gonna call up your professor and say like he needs an yeah. A plus plus. Yeah, I would like at one. least a sticker. I don't. E- else. I don't even know if I don't think we any of us get grades. <laughs> but I got an A. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, not missed yeah. any points. Right. <laughs> Perfect participation. Exactly. <laughs> so it means being thoroughly made. I mean, just think of like a human being. A baby is not thoroughly made. Or a child. We'll call it, let's say a child is not thoroughly made. A An adolescent, a teenager is not thoroughly made. But is more thoroughly made than a baby. Is more thoroughly made than a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an adult is. Mm-hmm. An adult is. Mm-hmm. So this is just, a, put it in a little simpler way, it's, it, this is like spiritual adulthood. Which is why, part of the reason why I like St. John Henry Newman's quote there. It's Christian manhood. It's it's being a man in the faith mm-hmm. and not having kind of the childish ways of thinking, ways of believing of the past, but having those kind of purified and purged and kind of brought forward uh, to how God wants it. Uh, I think like another thing is we need to be aware of like false concepts of what this, this spiritual manhood is or this perfection is. What, what kind of things do you... Uh, think might be. I would say like uh, one false version false would be versions. an overly muscular Christianity. You know, like one who uh, a, a Christian a version of or an idea of Christianity that like, oh, I'm gonna just you know strap pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna choose to be holy. I'm a great Christian because I did it. Right. Exactly. I'm, I, I I'm doing exactly it. like because yeah. I, I I I prayed for two hours today. That's right. And I prayed fifteen rows. I conquered right. this sin. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I like there's the prayer side of it. Like I do all these devotions. Like you got to be kidding me. Like mm-hmm. doing all these devotions doesn't make me perfect. You got to yeah. be kidding me. I yeah. am perfect. I do I, all the devotions. I am clearly a Christian and firmly in Christian manhood. Or the other side of that is kind of the moral element of it. Like I'm living in a life of moral excellence here. And I, I'm doing it on my own. Like, yeah. this is what I am. Mm-hmm. But that's, maybe that's a part of it. Like, I'm not going to insult anyone who's living that. But also, we need to recognize, like, we're talking about a spiritual perfection, not just a, a moral perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think also one thing that people probably get wrong is they think, oh, perfection. I'm not perfect, and I never will be perfect. Therefore, it's not possible for me to attain this concept of Christian perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to get discouraged, for sure. That's why we need to have confidence in God for uh-huh. this. 
But the church says that actually it is possible to attain. Oh, absolutely. In this life, not just in absolutely. the life to come. For each and every person. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like the Cal- Calvinist would radically disagree with this. You know, yeah, yeah they would say we're kind of radically, yeah, radically deprived. Exactly. You know, God can throw a little grace on us just like snow for poo, but other than that, we're just going to be that poo underneath. Right. Uh, you know, another false understanding of, of perfection, I think, is maybe trying to know everything. Like, I, rem- I fell into this in seminary. I remember in seminary, it was, I'm surrounded by all these, like, super smart people who are, like, you know, the classic great seminarians. Like, man, golly, I got I to gotta study harder. If I'm going to be a perfect seminarian, a perfect priest, uh, or at least a priest or seminarian of excellence, like I gotta, I gotta study a whole lot more. Ah, mm-hmm. but at the same hand, like, are you familiar with uh, Saint Joseph of Cupertino? Yeah, yeah. flying around, flying yeah. around, super really, holy, really, also really dumb. Yeah, he is not intelligent. He is not intelligent. No, but God like had he did, a plan for him. He didn't even have street smarts, right? <laughs> you know, like I, I, there are stories about like, why are you piling the rocks on top of our? Cry. I, mean, I don't. It's just like I'm making this up, but he would do like dumb stuff. He. It's like one thing to not sense. to not be book smart, but usually those people are also common sense smart. Mm-hmm. I think he was neither, honestly. Another thing is like never sinning. Like if I'm perfect, that means I will never sin. But let's like look at the saints, like Saint John Paul II. How often did he go to confession? When he was pope, not even just like at the beginning of his spiritual life, but like yeah, like every, week? It's like every, it every week, like every, every week, every week or yeah, more. His weekly. Yeah. So. You know, that would, if we're going to... I think that we forget about that, right, Father? I think we forget that every Christian, every Catholic, is just one confession away from being a saint. You're, like, uh-huh. at some point, you're one confession, away, one thorough, good confession away from being a saint. From being cleansed of sin. But, but we want to say that sanctity is even more. We want to say that sanctity is even more. Because if it's just an absence of sin, that's kind of like saying... A pilot of okay. excellence is like a pilot who never has crashed. But if I got my pilot's license and I never flew a plane, I would be a pilot who had never crashed, who has no flying experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would not be good. <laughs> I don't want you to fly my plane. No. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, you have to root out the, ver- the, the vices and uh, with virtue. You have to continue to live out yeah. a, a virtuous life that would, that would lead to saint, sainthood. Mm-hmm. But... This sanctity, this perfection, this spiritual manhood is is charity. Like it's a it's a presence of something. It's not the absence of something. Correct. Though yes. kind of like intrinsically, it like demands like you should not be sinning. <laughs> right. So I wanted to ask you that: Is uh, Christian perfection is it a positive notion or a negative notion? Yeah, it's Are, definitely positive. Okay. Definitely so positive. so we're not saying it's just the absence of sin. We are saying it's the presence of virtue. Yeah. Specifically, charity, charity, divine charity, love for God. Is it both, or is it really more, more one or the other? Which uh, is it? Like we're saying, it's the presence of virtue. I mean, it's not that you never commit sin, but it's that you are. So, I mean, I think it could be both. This perfection, yeah, because there's it levels is of both. Yeah, there's levels of perfection as well. Well, there's well, levels of perfection, but like, I mean, there's degrees of perfection. Degre- Just as there's degrees, degrees of maturity, degrees yeah, childhood, yeah. adolescence. Um, manhood. It is. Right. It is an interesting concept because the word perfection, perfection means sort above, of. Yeah. It seems like an absolute. You yeah. know, like either, right. it, yeah. It's that's why as I, think I said, I was like, e-. that's why I like this organic uh, analogy. I mean, this is not me. I'm, I'm stealing this from like Gergou Lagrange, and he's uh-huh. coming from like the tradition of the church. So this stuff is not mine. But uh, but it is charity. It is charity. It's the presence of of the love for God that we love God with all of our heart, all mm-hmm. our soul, with all of our strength. And love our neighbors ourselves. You can't admit that as well. And you can't just love God with everything and then go out and sin. But so it already assumes that you're on the path of avoiding sin. Uh, but yeah, it's the presence of love for God. Let there be no question about it. Love for God is charity, is divine perfection, human excellence. Okay. Okay. A lot more to say about this. I have more questions. I'll wait till we get back, though. More questions to ask them. We'll be back. So, Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. 
Dude, it's on my bucket it's list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Father Sean O'Brien, we're talking about Christian Peace. perfection. But you also have a podcast. Perfect. I wanted yeah. to make sure I plugged your podcast. I totally. almost forgot. Yeah. You have a podcast. It's called Father Sean's Podcast. You can find it by Googling Father Sean's Podcast. How did you come up with the title? Yeah. How did you come up with that title? Well, what did you I, say I no to? I sent out a survey and I, I consulted a lot of people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I ignored all that and chose Father Sean's Podcast. Okay. Nice. You had you had you had this and then Father Sean's podcast. Yeah, the focus groups are really leaning towards something else. Like, great, we're going with this. We got to mention our shows. Yeah, <laughs> let's do a few more surveys though, just to hash it out. <laughs> so, uh, so they can just like if they search on their podcast, Father Sean's podcast. Yeah, it's on most of the the platforms out there. The the major ones definitely it is, and you can just Google it. I've tried. You just Google Father Sean, F R, comma no. F-R space Sean S-E-A-N apostrophe S podcast none of this S-H-A-W-N that's that's weird that's not right okay I mean if you're gonna have an Irish name spelled like an Irish Mm. but I don't have the that's a a forceful argument right there (laughs) I don't have the FATA over my one of the letters I don't know which one I think that's what they're called oh like in it's not totally Irish I'm I'm an American Irish okay I'm an American Irish I'm Irish American so So what's your podcast about it is on religious instruction I teach I teach. It's not fun. It's not like, you know, it's not whatever. <laughs> You're really it's selling like, it, Father. If someone wants to like learn more about their faith, like boom, like it's just raw education and faith. Like that's currently, a niche. that's a niche right there. Currently, like I'm doing a commentary on Genesis, just starting at chapter one. I've got maybe seven or eight episodes on that. I'm only at like chapter twelve now, so I'm like nice. taking my time and I'm talking about everything I can think of and research about Genesis when I'm going through it. I'm Speaking loving of JP too. JP2, JP human two anthropology. Like, he dove into the <laughs> origins of our race. He basically gave 120 yeah. Wednesday audiences he on, did better like, than me. on like, on on like Genesis, three chapters. On, on like two chapters. <laughs> it was really like Genesis like, 2, verse 4. And the yeah. man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. He wrote like... I got a few thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come back next Wednesday and hear part 49. Right, no, yeah. I... That is only slightly hyperbo- uh, like hyperbole, right. Yeah, it's basically what he re- it's actually, actually not verbally yeah. at all. <laughs> and then towards like after like episode sixty, it's like, oh, let's talk about a few words from Jesus. All right, right. that's relevant too. Okay, and yeah, we'll we'll bring in half of another verse. Right, yeah. But okay, so we're talking about Christian perfection. Christian perfection. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I realized this was a big important theme. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I've done a few talks on just the importance of charity. Like, what is charity? The mm-hmm. importance of charity. Charity in the lives of the saints. And, and as as perfection, Christian perfection, but and kind of to introduce the theme, I said, okay, who knows what Christian perfection is? And at the various teaching things that I've done, like people have guessed humility, people have guessed prayer, all these different things, but no one's guessed charity. I'm like, oof, oof, oof. Like let's let's back up and like let's just go back to the basics. Yeah. Um. You know, in this one book I I brought today, the spiritual combat. It's called by. Lorenzo Scupoli. I try to pronounce it very American so people that can, is an Italian dude can know how it's spelled. Lorenzo Scupoli, but he wrote it, and it's just like it's actually like the spiritual combat for our soul. It's not like so much of like praying against demons and stuff like that. I think he talks about a little bit. Of that. I actually have to admit I have not read the whole thing. Okay, uh, I have not read a ton of it, but it's like boom, right there in the beginning, chapter one. What is perfection? Because this is the whole purpose of this book. This mm-hmm. is the whole purpose of our spiritual lives. Let's address it. Chapter one. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's excellent. That's a really good idea. And then he's like, I got four things to do in order to be spiritually perfect. Distrust oneself, confidence in God, which we kind of touched on previously. Proper use of faculties of mind and body and prayer. She's like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. Thanks for highlighting uh-huh. that. And that's the whole entirety of the book here. He just kind of has nice little chapters. I think there's like, 
and a book of 130 pages. He's got like 60 plus chapters, 70 chapters, almost. What does he mean? Uh, I mean, I know you haven't. You said you haven't read the whole book, but do do you know what he means by distrusting oneself? I think the other ones, like yeah. most people, will kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that one mean, as far as you know? Distrust of oneself is to say, like, I can't trust who I am. Like, I'm going to mess up. I've screwed up. Like, I'm, I got problems. Uh-huh. I might not even know my problems. I mean, I look back at my my own past life, and you know, there's one time in seminary, like, this is kind of what I was relating with earlier. I was trying to like fall in the line of these other smart people, and like, for me, you know, Christian perfection, spiritual perfection is be really smart. And yeah. I began to like compare myself with other people. But I didn't realize it. I had no idea I was doing it. And maybe I did in the depths of my heart. But like my spiritual director was like, oh, here we go. Or you're comparing yourself with other people again. I was like, no, I'm not. That's what people who are not holy would do. I'm holy. Uh-huh. You're wrong. You're a terrible spiritual director. I didn't say anything. I didn't think of that. But I went away angry that day. And I kind of slowly came to grips with like, oh, my gosh. Like, I am doing this. This is, dang it. And just kind of realizing one's history of sin and being blind to one's history of sin, mm. it should really kind of like lead to hesit- not he- hesitant steps in the future for trusting in oneself. Like if I trust in myself, like I'm going to be walking in all kinds of sin and I'm going to be clueless to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that should, that should jolt us awake. But we need to like, first off, I think to help realize this, we need to recognize our own history of sin and mm-hmm. our own history of God's grace. Because the second part is the confidence in God. We don't have confidence in ourselves. Like if it was left to me, like plane crash, boom, dead, you know, a spiritual mm-hmm. train wreck, train wreck, train wreck. I mean, it can get ugly, ugly, ugly because um, we don't even realize where God has been in our life. And if God had not intervened, maybe when I was like five years old and I had my pivotal original temptation and like chose for God, maybe in that moment, maybe things would have been just like a horrible it would have been a horrible result after that. We just don't know. Oh yeah, choosing, choosing your, letting yourself make the choice instead of relying on God to help you in that moment. I see. Yeah, and I mean, if if God's intervention, His mysterious unknown intervention, was yeah. not present in our earlier years, we could have been on a whole different trajectory. I think one thing that <clears throat> which has really, got to be comforting for us because God has been with us. Right. He's He's steered us away from so many sins. Even when you've tried sin. to leave Him behind. Yeah. He still has. He hunts held down. you. Yeah. I think uh, something that really brings this to light, at least it does for me, is in the diary of St. Faustina, um, you know, it's like a good way into her diary, which is honestly very, pretty long, um, but is the whole thing is just incredible. You know, you've already got a pretty good picture of her interior life, her relationship with Christ. You know, it's just uh, far and away. I mean, she had St. Faustina probably was one of the holiest people like even among the saints, I think that she had this interior life that was really at the. Uh, on the it's at the upper Would you say echelon. Par excellence. Yes, uh, sort of. You know, perfect. Uh, but there was a moment where Jesus came to her and said, Did you like that? "French." Yeah. Was oh, that what that was? Was yes. that French? Yes. Hmm. I almost. Comes from the Latin. I you might al- recognize the Latin roots. I almost speak French. Oh, nice. Almost. Nice. Je ne parle pas français. It's the most beautiful thing I know how to say, and it means I don't know how to speak French. Oh. Sometimes I've used that to French oui, speakers, oui. and they're like, oh, un petit peu, which apparently means a little bit. And I was like, je ne parle pas français. What does that mean? Can you tell me what that means? I don't really know. I don't know. Do you, do you speak French? Because I don't know if you know what I just said. <laughs> do you speak English? Because I do not speak French, but I can say it really well. But Sorry to interrupt. It's okay. Jesus comes to St. Faustina, and he kind of gives her a glimpse of her soul from his perspective. And he, he says to her, look how far away you are from me. You know, like... He, you know, you can see, you can see me now. See yourself, and she's, you know, maybe the holiest, holiest person on the planet at the time, and she's, you know, a billion times holier than me, and that really was an eye opening, was an eye opener mm-hmm. for me when here's Christ, and he's saying this to her in charity and in love, you know, not because he wants to, he's not trying to show off, uh, but he wants her to see herself because to know yourself, to see yourself as you are, is, is an incredible gift and a scary a scary thing to confront. Um, but you know, even for her. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're bringing up the saints cause the saints give hope because like they sinners, uh-huh. <laughs> they sinners. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you read the beginning of her diary, like in the first 50, 60, 70 pages, I forget exactly. It's like, there are parts of her spiritual life that look a little bit childish uh-huh. and it's just like, oof. but as you say, like she becomes like 
a saint of saints. Yeah. And she's like, whoa. The apostle of mercy, as yeah. Jesus yeah. said. Chosen. Just because God wanted to choose her. Right. And it turns out that God wanted to choose you, David, uh-huh. you, Adam, and me, and all of us who are listening. Like, wow. He already has chosen us from He's the beginning. Us. Yeah. Predestined for yeah. glory. I think some of the things that I struggle with when, when talking about perfection is the idea of like, oh, I have, and we've kind of already touched this as far as like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have all these check, these boxes I have to check in order to obtain Christian perfection. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like what you guys are just talking about, it's more about just like the relationship that you have with Christ. It's more of like, under, like, just ha- like getting to know who Christ is. And when, once you do that, it, it, just bleeds into the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, when I say a lot of people, at least me, I will, I will like try my best to do all these different things of, of, of like reading the reading the saints, reading the reading the gospels, you know, re, you know, making sure I pray the rosary every single day. And I think that I can almost do all these things without actually stopping to. Have yeah. intentionality yeah. Of, of of growing in relationship. Yeah, just with, having one moment where you just give your heart to Christ, right? You know, just like, just you know, even for just a second, if that's what you do, I think that right. that one second is better than spending an hour for reading sure. the gospel. Having consistency with your prayer is huge, <clears throat> and you know, just kind of adding a little bit on as you as you mature, as you grow, as it's right. appropriate, yeah. and as you order more and more of your life. Um, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, I like when he's talking about what it means to be perfect. He's saying, okay, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And when he talks about your heart, he's saying it's it's ordering all these things to God. But, like, that takes time. Like, right. when you start to do it, you're a spiritual child. When you're advanced and everything is ordered to God, you're a spiritual adult. But it just takes time to order things. And ordering our time with our prayer, with our devotions, with our mercy. We get there, but we need these works and mortification as well is a big part. One of the things I think about is like Mother Angelica would get like brand new shoes. She'd take them to the chapel and say, "Jesus, look at my new shoes." Like she had the relationship with Christ, like like obviously. a kid who wants to show their dad. Yeah. Right. So anyway, we'll be right back. Amen. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're here with my brother-in-law, Father Sean O'Brien. We're talking about Christian perfection, a David Niles spirituality. <laughs> you guys thought I forgot to make that joke, and you are wrong. If that's what you thought, you would be wrong. Disclaimer, we are advocating an imitation of Christ, not an imitation of David Niles. Mm. Mm. But it could like, kill you. Like St. Paul, I can verily say, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Wow. Wow. He said that. He said that. Well, I'll he, he disclaimer did say, on my disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to also disclaim the thing that he just said again. What does the word disclaim mean? I don't is, that, know. is that a verb that it's you like, can use or is like, it just a disclaimer? You know, do you, you claim something or you disclaim it? Like, <laughs> I reject it. Like a, like a kid you don't in your family? Like, I disclaim my child. Yeah. I mean,. I think you could use it that way. Could you disclaim your priest? Could you disclaim me? Think could you disclaim a brother-in-law? I think you could try. Could you kick me out? You could declare I think bankruptcy. we can disclaim people who married into the family. No offense, but sure. I mean, that yeah. could happen. <laughs> Please don't do that, Father. Okay. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys. You all started <clears throat> that round by lifting up your glasses. As soon as the music played, you lifted your glasses. Is that something you do or you just happen to do it the same Oh, time? I didn't notice. I did but you notice. didn't drink. Adam drank. Did I you, didn't. Maybe you did. I don't oh. think you did. Well, you raised your glass. I better do it right now. You got distracted. No, typically though, just whenever like the music comes on, that gives us a chance. Like we're not talking yet, so it's we like get Pavlov's to have a little. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the music at this point. Five years drank. in. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, but yeah, typically it's like okay. Messages are wise. Don't about, play that music too much. About fifteen seconds before we have to say anything. Right. Good spot to take a sip. <laughs> so uh, on Christian perfection, we were talking about how it's positive and negative and uh you know have kind of viewing yourself uh like if if you're attaining christian perfection this type of perfection does that mean that you won't make mistakes like let's say you've arrived you've 
You are perfect. You have. You're at you the party. You are the Christian man. Right. Yeah. Like Christian manhood has you, arrived. You have, or in the words of Saint John Henry Newman, and he and you have been gifted with spiritual spiritual manhood. manhood. <laughs> Does that mean you won't make a mistake? I mean, is that the kind of perfection we're talking about? That because I there have been there are times in my life where a situation occurred and kind of I wasn't it caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for it, and I reacted. Uh, the best thing I knew what to do at the time. And then later on, I was, you know, thinking back on it. I shouldn't have done that. You know, I should have done something else. But that doesn't, it's not like I committed a sin in doing that, you know, because in the moment I did the You did a lesser good. Well, or it's the best thing, you know, it was a situation that required a kind of a quick response. And I did the best that I could, you know. And then I realized later, oh, I could have done better. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could say, oh, well, you're not perfect because, you know, you didn't do the absolute best thing at every moment. But I don't think that's the kind of perfection we're no, talking no, about. Not that kind of perfection. I mean, I again, kind of going back to this organic analogy of, of human development, childhood, adolescence, manhood, mm-hmm. to, to be made fully mature. And like men make mistakes, even if they're like great, virtuous, holy men. Yeah. Like yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Just like, oh, shoot, I didn't know what to do with my kid. I should have done something else. Yeah. Uh, with discipline or with maybe a bad decision with the school or, I mean, the school for them or, or something at work. And yeah. I mean, the saints will even disagree about intellectual things. So they could err intellectually. They could, I mean, like we were saying earlier, St. John Paul II went to confession every week. Uh-huh. Just, we do what we can. But we have this childlike trust in God, this confidence in God. Just being like, Lord, Lord just loves me. Like I'm doing my best for Him, mm. but I can't do it perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. And mm-hmm. Lord will take care of me. Take care of us. You'll you'll be all right. We'll be all right. I think this is something that people who struggle with scrupulosity, like this, is a big thing for them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what these are the things that they stress out about. You know, oh, I didn't do. They, I think they kind of take this view of perfection of the thing I did wasn't the absolute best thing I could have done. Therefore, I must have committed a sin or something, yeah, you know? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think also, though, the more that you grow in perfection, the more you realize, uh, the the clearer you are on the faults that you have. So the more you grow in perfection, almost like, you know, when you're talking about uh, St. Faustina, the, the closer she grew to Christ, the, the, the more she was aware of knowing herself and all of her imperfections. And so that's why, you know, St. John Paul II went to confession every week is because he realized all the things that he would, you know, even uh, uh, the holy man that he was, that he was not 100%, all of his actions are not perfect, you know, that, that he wasn't completely uh, made perfect yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by going to confession is is the hammer that, that like, forges Sinners uh, into saints. I mean, that's For that. Sure. That is like what. That is one of the main things of. You want to grow in perfection? Get a get a regular uh, confession schedule. Like, go to confession at least once a month, at least once a month, and tell me. You know, after a while, you tell me you're not growing in in a relationship with Christ. Yeah, absolutely. If someone wants to grow into this spiritual manhood or be open to receiving this this gift of spiritual manhood, uh, absolutely. I mean, just the the basic things. You know, it's not too complicated. Yeah. It's, Knowing God for who he is, this loving father who, you know, he holds us accountable, but he's also like super merciful. And and this is the time of mercy, you know, before our death, like this is the time of mercy. And just mm-hmm. to trust in that and come to him like a loving father in confession and confession and confession, as well as in the Holy Holy Eucharist. You know, St. Alphonsus Liguri, you know, he doesn't quite have a, he has a to-do list of how to become perfect, if you will. Um, yeah, but it's 12 not, steps. It's something like that. Five, actually. And one of them is frequent Holy Communion. Oh. Oh. And uh, that's like a big deal. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, uh, I, 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 forgot, I forgot something for you guys. But it, it's uh, St. Pius says, you know, there's different ways towards growing into holiness. Uh, one is a way of innocence, but that is for children. Uh, another way is that of suffering, but that causes us to shiver a little bit. Uh, gets us a little bit nervous, but we have the way of Holy Communion, which is the easiest, the fastest, the most direct way. Ooh, I went that way. Us. That's the way I went. Yeah. So it's like, well, let's let's approach him boldly, not out of routine, not out of human trying to gain human respect, 
but out of sincere devotion, mm-hmm. uh, striving to avoid anything that displeases him. And just saying, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. And if we receive Holy Communion with that attitude, like every time, like, well, it's going to be gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also fulfilling our responsibilities. Um, prayer, you know, what in the world? Where's the saint who doesn't talk about prayer? Like, what greater way mm, yeah. to to have a confidence in God than to trust Him or in prayer and spending time with Him? Mm-hmm. And really saying, especially if we're in the time of temptation, if you want to survive this temptation, you have to really beg the Lord for that grace to get out of it. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck there forever. But if you get on your knees, like frequently, m- many times a day, and just be like, Lord, I am in a terrible temptation, and it's bothering me every moment. I will tell you, in this moment, you can be a great saint. This is where you will be forged into Christian maturity. Like, this is a great opportunity that God has not allowed to happen accidentally. He has allowed it to happen very intentionally. Mm-hmm. He doesn't will you evil, but he wills your your, your growth and your perfection right. and your maturity. And this moment of temptation is him saying, rely on me. If you don't rely on me, you will fail. You will fall. If you're being tempted, know that I'm allowing it to happen because I want you closer to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be the, the greatest stepping stones into faith, into deeper faith of distrusting oneself and experiencing confidence yeah. in God. That is, that, that is intimidating sometimes that notion, but, uh, Anybody who's been through it, I think they know. They, you know, you can look back and see so clearly the the growth. And I mean, just, it looks miraculous the, after the fact. Yeah, it like, does. oh my gosh, I really did pray through that whole thing, and the Lord came through. <laughs> and and you see now, like, yeah, He was holding me the entire time. How how did I not know that at the moment? Mm-hmm. But we we just got a couple minutes here, and we you know we talked about going to confession, and I think one thing that happens even before confession is, um, you know, making a consistently doing uh, examination of conscience, you know, every day, if not twice a day. Um, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Do you have any tips for people when it comes to making a good examination of conscience? This is something that I've struggled with in my own life, you know, of, uh, you know, it's been a, a week or two, and I realized, oh, I haven't been doing a good examination of conscience at the end of the day. And I feel ashamed that I, I can't think of anything to confess. And that is it. Like, that alone is, I know, shameful because... This is where we realize I we am should not, be distressing ourselves. I am not we should that be distressing perfect. Ourselves. Right, yeah. So, you know, one thing is to stand doing it. Because at the end of the day, you're tired. If you sit down... Oh, you mean stand up. Stand up. Literally, like literally stand up. I know okay. one guy's like, I couldn't do it sitting down. I had to stand up. But standing up, staring at a crucifix, I was able to do it. I was okay. like, oh, that's good advice. I like that just to fight against that tiredness. Uh-huh. Also, like maybe mix up using an examination of conscience. Just be like, well, I've used this one for however many days, weeks, years. Like mix it up a little bit. Use the use the uh, spiritual works of mercy, corporal works of mercy. Use the Ten Commandments. Use the Beatitudes. And different things like that. And kind of finding different ways to mix up precepts of the church. There's different authors out there. There's all kinds of different things. St. Francis of Assisi or probably different saints got mm-hmm. different things. But uh, that could probably help. Uh, and if you can't think of anything, just just make an act of humility. Lord, look how poor I am. Like I don't even. I'm so clueless. I'm so clueless. Like, I, but I I just put myself in your hands. Like I'm I'm sorry for those things that I've done. I'm just clueless too. Mm-hmm. But I but I trust in you, Lord. I I hope in you. I'm 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 in your hands. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be anywhere else. I might be clueless, but I'm a happy clueless person <laughs> because you love me still. Yeah. But that doesn't give you the right to 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 just be like stay in that cluelessness, right? I mean, the, the idea is that you're you're asking the Lord. To continue, yeah. You to, ask to, the Lord, to Holy Spirit, you. come enlighten me. Yes, Holy Spirit, come enlighten you. me. Right, yeah. Because that can't be an excuse. It's not a hall pass. But we need to desire this perfection, desire to get these things out of the way, and receive the Holy Spirit, receive the gift of spiritual manhood. Okay, so if you're listening mm, on the radio right yes. now, uh, go check Why us out wait? on the podcast. We'll continue this conversation for just a few more minutes with Father Sean O'Brien. From the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. I think I raised mine above camera. Yeah, there we go. Why'd you do that? I don't know. I just felt like I'd never done that before. Sign of peace is coming back this weekend, Sign of peace. boys. Get ready for it. Yes. Hugs and kisses for all. I'm kissing everybody on the mouth. <laughs> 
I'm not coming to St. Benedict's then. <laughs> father, Father, where are you going? Come back. Dad, this would be weird real. for you, but... <laughs> I will tell my dad not to sit by you. Hey, guys, uh, don't sit by Dave this weekend. Yeah. Why? Just don't. Just trust me. This would be weirder for me than it will be for you. <laughs> this hurt me more than it will hurt you. But I will show you peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited. So the bishop uh, released a uh, a decree, and decree. Yeah, you would know. And new, you pulse. know the nuances of all that. Well, I do not. I, I do not know the nuances. I just know. You pretty much wrote the document. I did not. I did I mean, not do this. Word on the street is that you authored. It. I'm on, confused, Adam. Author. I thought you worked in the, the well. Diocese. The word on the street is wrong. I thought you're the communication well, dude. I just like take it and say. I have a few suggestions. Here you go. <laughs> this uh, is what you meant to write. This is what you wrote. I'm the only one at the, at the chancery <laughs> who knows how to use what email. You meant to write. <laughs> 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 no, that's not true. But that's not true at all. Yeah, it'll be good to get, take some of these steps. Uh, I guess forward Towards or backwards or however you want to say it. Yeah. To to normality. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember when we used to bring down the gifts? We're doing that again. Our gifts. That's yep. coming. That's coming oh, yeah, back. That's, that's yeah. back. We're bringing gifts. Are gifts are coming down. back. Gifts. Uh, the uh, offertories. All the like. We've already got holy water. We've already got music books. I think most places. Uh-huh. Yep. A lot of places. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna pass more. The did you again? Did you happen Seating? to look yeah. at uh, section F part three? Uh, probably, but I don't know. <laughs> Talks about. Uh, I I know it. I know it. Holding, holding hands during the Our Father oh, is yes, prohibited. Yeah. Prohibited. It will not be returning. It will not be returning. Because it is not part of the Roman Mass. Yeah. I told people last weekend, uh, no one knows why we do it, so we're not going to do it anymore. Right. It's like, you can hold hands during the Our Father just like you can hold hands at any point during the Mass. Right. Like, if you feel like holding hands with the person <laughs> next to you and you're on that kind of relationship... Dad, this would be really weird for you, but... Right. Like, <laughs> the time to do it is... Anytime, I guess. <laughs> right. Like, if you're a hand holder. But if you're next to a dude that, like, you don't know very well, <laughs> <laughs> holding his hand during the Our Father Could would get be you shot. Would be just like holding his hand during any other time of, like, a movie theater. Yeah. Like, try this. A walk in the park. Yeah. Try this. <laughs> walk on the beach. During the don't consecration, reach over and hold his hand. <laughs> See what he does, okay? It's just the same as holding his hand during the Our Father. Because you're not supposed... To, it's not envisioned as But you better make sure you're holding your wife's hand, too. Or, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what would be worse or better. I think that would be better, because at least he'd be like, all right, he's just holding everybody's hand. He, I don't know why, but... How'd we yeah. get on this? That's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to... I mean, this is... I mean, I only in the, the Catholic energy. Mass does a man hold another man's hand. Yeah. And that's just weird. That shouldn't be the case. I, I just, I just wonder if... All the ushers that were going around making sure you had your mask on are going around making sure you're not holding hands during your father. Yeah. Take the same vigilance that they had. <laughs> the same you zeal. Not yeah. hold hands. Like, I mean, there's a sniper up there so, with a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, the, the holding hands is not a hill that I, I'm willing to die on. Probably not. No. no. I mean, it, there's a lot of other liturgical things that I would put above the idea of, like, you know, the holding hands. Uh, during the Our Father. However, I'm just more about whatever the rubric said, like whatever we're supposed to be doing to uh, to the greater glory of God, injustice to God, and what the church says this is what you should be doing is what we should do. Yeah. But it also be- doesn't say don't do it. Well, just it also doesn't. Right. Mean, adv- well, uh, that's why I said like, you know, but if you're next to your but There's wife, a lot of things it doesn't say not to do. That's true. Don't bring an elephant to church I or mean, something like that. Y- so, I mean... There's but there's also things that we do do that are not in the mass. So it's, I mean, it, it's right. liturgical discernment. Yeah, there's a liturgical. Sure, prudence. it's like you said do do though. You did say do do. Pamela would definitely. She laugh. would be oh, cracking no. up right now. She would. Lady I Pamela quit. would think that's funny. <laughs> uh, like so, if you're next to your wife or one of your kids, like if you want to hold their hand, don't do it with do do. Hold their hand at yeah. any point that you want to do that, but don't do it because it's the Our Father and you know, like because. That we don't we don't hold hands. It's not a thing. There's it's not a thing. I know we we all thought it was a thing for a while. We all went through that phase. Where we were we trying to sing a, a new song unto the Lord. Right, exactly. But we it's not a thing. God actually does care about the little stuff. Like sometimes he's uh, actually um, 
very he cares about it a lot. Ask for Moses. Instance, like for instance, instance, I was gonna say like, Moses was one time Book in a of battle. Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Yeah. And you'd think that like that is precise. He's holding his hands out and they get tired. He's like reached the physical yeah. limits <laughs> of humanity the I way God made him so that he made his body so he couldn't hold his hands out longer than this. It's against like the natural law for him to keep holding his hands out. And so they start to droop. God says no. And starts letting Put people your get hands out. <laughs> And let like people, people die. die. The battlefield. People are getting slaughtered because Moses is getting his reach. Those the lives end of depend his upon your hands. Oh, your hands oh. are tired. People are dying out here. And so, like God was <laughs> such a like literalist. He's Moses sat down on a rock and propped his arms up on Aaron and uh, I forget the other guy. And God was like, "All right, yeah, that's good. That's good enough." Yeah, right. You know, good like, teamwork, fellas. It's like talk about being. I'll, li- I'll conquer the like, battle for you, God. You're being a little legalistic here. I think you know, like, but. That you know he cared, and like when you read, uh, uh, what's the the old the third book in the Bible? Just Leviticus. Leviticus. You should ask Mr. Minahan yeah. here. His dad is the expert. He oh, taught us all in class all the books of the Bible. Oh, he oh, did. Yeah. Education class. Oh yeah. Genesis, oh. Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus Numbers, Numbers Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Kings, First and Chronicles. I forget after that. Uh, yeah. Wow. You forgot First and Second Samuel, but yes. Oh, whoopsie. Shoot. But yeah, so that was something that my dad. So I, t- I've made this. Comment many of times we on were the in show. RE class together, CCD, whatever you want to call right. it, Sunday school. So uh-huh. my dad, His dad like put that on like our I, family. I forgot your dad was an RE teacher. And and during our yeah during back in the day, back in the day, uh, he said like, listen, day. I find this to be part of like it, it, it's good for them to know it. And so he said at the beginning of the class before it started, before it, whatever you know whatever it started, he said everybody's gonna start memorizing five books of the Bible. And we th- we just did it. He did it exactly like he did it with with our family, uh-huh. uh, with the RE class. And look, twenty five years later, you th- I mean, I got a bunch of them at least, not yeah, all of them. Yeah. Little did he know, like this is a like a uh, classical education technique, right? The uh, oral recitation method right. or something. And now, like, and the ramifications from it, like you know, I, I, mean, I maybe, remember maybe he it. did know that. I don't know. I yeah maybe. Um, and then, like you know, now all my kids know the, the books except for oh, yeah. Leo. They all memorize. Uh, He'll catch up. They all have all the books of the Bibles memorized. But it's it like I don't know. That was pretty sweet. I yeah. forgot. I forgot that he did that in RE class. I've yeah. never so mentioned. For people that who don't know, all three of us were in the same kindergarten class. Kindergarten class. Yeah. Like kindergarten big, class. It was like the. Ki- it was like kindergarten. Yeah, I mean, like little did little did we know, like like how big of a deal that kindergarten class yeah. was. I mean, that it would hold three of. Us, yeah. <laughs> Not many kindergarten classes can do that. No, think of that teacher. In fact, in I fact, know of only one. I know of no other. Yeah, that teacher probably became a saint during Miss Nelson. Nelson, yeah. Miss Nelson. She was definitely. I mean, she was pretty great as far as I remember. I wonder what she's doing these. Did days. y'all have Mrs. Iton? You trained. You trained schools. Right later. after that, I was. I out. did not have Iton. Mrs. Iton is now the school where I'm at, St. Pius. No kidding. She's the library teacher. That's and so my funny. second grade teacher. She's still teaching something. You know what? Same a lot of a lot of my teachers at All Saints are now my clients. Oh yeah, right. Which is funny. Yeah, like it's. I I feel it's strange. Do you they get, call you Philip or Davy? Uh, both. It's okay. a bit of both. Yeah. The uh, transition from Davy to that's why I, I've got anything, anything, else? anything else was was tough for me. Yeah, that's all right. I went to Dave. Like Dave is yeah. is my go-to. I always call myself Dave. Yeah. For I some don't know if I've ever called you anything besides David. I don't know why. Davy oh. was all like, man, I don't know. Once, once we started this show, I realized, you know what? He probably would prefer me not to call him Davy, and so I tried my best to. I don't even, I don't even notice. Davey. But I think secretly, in my own subconscious, to me, like Dave is like the the cool, like suave, yeah, like the cool guy that I like secretly hope to be someday or something. Because I always call myself. Dave. Come on, Dave. When I talk about myself, right. Shape up, Dave. You One day I realized that, I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like like some... Yeah, I don't think of you as a Dave at all. Sometimes a Davey. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I'm with you every once in a while, I might throw out a Davey, but it's pretty rare. Uh-huh. All right. So, going back to the topic. Back to the topic. Per- Christian perfection. We were so off the topic, we, though, we, man. No. We, a good time, <clears throat> with the, we were exactly on topic. It's da- a David Nile spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, every time... I think God is really speaking to me in grace through the glory stories. He does that. Oh, oh, the lives of the saints. So yeah, good. Every time I hear a glory story, I, I have, cry. I have, cr- oh, uh, yes, I have definitely cried over a glory story. Oh, 
Lives just, of the Saints. So the 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 saying that goes, if you want to be a saint, you have to live like a saint, <laughs> right? You cannot just get holy after you die. Actually, you can. Depends. Yeah. Well, Unless no, you're you won't, in hell. You won't earn right. You, you will not get any more will. graces, right, after you're dying. Well, you can't purgatory. get holy. You can get purgatory. You will be. I mean, that's what you do in purgatory. Yes, yes, yeah. that's right. But you don't. You cannot earn anymore. Correct. There's no merit to be gained. There's no merit to be gained. Okay. So my question is, when you think about Christian perfection in the life of the saints, how do you try to um, make those mirrors insane? You know what? If Faustina had died, you know, three years later, she would probably still been a saint, right? But she had those three years that she grew in holiness. So I, I like to see those mirrors and say, where, where, is, where am I? Mm-hmm. Not in comparing in my spiritual life or anything, but if I were to die tomorrow, or 10 years, what do I have to do 10 years from now that I'm not doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, that is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Wait, is there a question? <laughs> yeah, so wh- where's that mirroring? Like, where are, th- where are the you flags? You just pulled an atom in a hand. Like, you just pulled a, I'm going to, here's I'm a gonna, comment. Now, here's give a me comment. An answer. And I'm done. Your it's response? Like, answer not, it. I'm not really sure what now, to do. Respond yeah, to you? Now you talk. Yeah. <laughs> respond to you? Yeah, respond to <laughs> Respond to Ego? Is that ego? I answer that. Yeah, ego. Ego. <laughs> Let go of my ego. Um, so could you? <laughs> yeah. So where, like I said, okay. Where's the mirror? the beginning. If Faustina had died two years before her death, she would probably still be a saint. Just probably, ha- yeah. hypothetically, unless she was in the state of mortal sin and was unre- unrepentant. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> I mean, let's... I mean, hypothetical. Hypothetical. I mean, you're, okay. you're throwing hypotheticals out there. So, I'm just trying to say... But there was a point where she probably would have died and not be a saint. Because she just wasn't there. At least not... Uh, she would probably been in heaven, but not to the point to where the whole church yeah. would know that she was in heaven. Right. She wouldn't have been canonized. She would have been canonized. So, where... what? What would those flags look like if I'm trying to say, you know, right yeah. now, I probably wouldn't. If I died today, I probably wouldn't be a saint. But if I want to be a saint. Let's say you were a saint and then died and then realized, well, what could it have been still? So maybe is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Are you so, asking about wait, Are you asking more about canonization? No. Okay. I just just kind of the, the degrees of holiness. The arc of holiness, I guess, through your so life. Let's, let's, we've been okay. using this analogy of... Human development, child, adolescence, adulthood. And it's an analogy. That is to say, there is similarities and differences here. And with adulthood, you get to your peak adulthood, and then you begin to decline. So it has its failure. It's not the perfect analogy. If it was the perfect analogy, it would no longer be an analogy. (laughs) So let's jump to a different one. Let's say that um, you are a pan. And you were put onto a stove, and the stove had an infinite degree of heat. At first, you would have a wow. little bit of heat, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And you would never stop growing in heat. Probably you, melt you, at you some would, point. You would not exist, yeah. You would, this is why it's scary to have a, a profound, direct contact with God. This is why all yeah. the people in the Bible, whenever they see an angel, not even God, an angel, they fall flat in their face and right. begin to worship. And the angel has to say, no, wait, stop. I'm actually not God. I or sometimes say like, please leave. Please leave. Save me. I'll don't destroy I mean, me. I think they said that to Moses, you know, like cover your face. We can't take it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. This is why he covered his face. And still, after he covered his face, he went down and his face shone with glory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our context with God, I mean, he, he allows a, a bit of himself to rub off on us. And and this is a helpful way of understanding this this degree of heat that, that a, a pan can receive. It's helpful to receive uh, understanding like the different maybe like confirmation. Like it's just kind of like now we're a little bit more hotter. Not to say we didn't have the Holy Spirit beforehand because we got the indwelling of the Trinity at our baptism. Mm-hmm. And we, got, we got the basics of that heat in our, <laughs> our spiritual pan, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same hand, we have 
the same gift of the Holy Spirit, but he's coming in a different mode, and it kind of adds a new heat to it or something of the sort. Um, again, this is all using metaphor, analogy. So, you know, if, if Faustina kept on living for another 20 years, her contact and exposure to this eternal source of, of love, this heat, would have continued to made her burn more deeply with this fire of love. Yeah, I mean, I think about the Holy Virgin Mary, and she's a good example when we're talking about Christian perfection. She was perfect at, at a fi- five-year-old Mary possessed Christian perfection, but not to the same degree at the, as she did when she at the end of her life. You know, it's not she was perfect, but that didn't mean she couldn't grow more you know, in virtue throughout her life. She was always perfect, you know, by a special grace. But as the human develops, the she, capacity, her capacity to God. Exactly, for that charity yeah. that you're talking about, which like is a, the measure of perfection, mm-hmm. grew. So she possessed more charity at the end of her life than she did, you know, at other parts of her life because she was always surrendering more of herself, um... You know, as she, as God allowed her to grow and to, you know, mature and to reach this fullness like you're talking about. So, you know, it doesn't just... And we could say the same about Jesus and his humanity, too. You know, he grew in, what does it say? Wisdom, wisdom. and favor? Yeah. Grace? Wisdom and grace? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't have thought about that. I mean, he was God. I mean, it's hard to say you grow it's into the... It's hard to get, like, be life. more perfect than that, you know? But, I mean, there's, you know, another way that... You know, the Scargu Lagrange, you know, he's drawing on the tradition, but he says we have a spiritual organism and it, and it expands and it grows and it develops mm-hmm. in accordance with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and other things and infused virtues, natural virtues. And the spiritual organism, not to say it, it, it just grows it, in the life of Jesus Christ in some mysterious way. I mean, we can only speculate about it. I mean, no one's going to be able to kind of put their finger on it. Sure. But he grew in wisdom and grace the hypostatic union it's a miss such a mystery it's it's a crazy thing it's a mysterious thing yeah Yeah. incarnation all right not something i'm willing to talk about on the show let's let's throw out a few speculations because i'm I'm worried about like heresies what i'm worried about like wow what a mystery yeah yeah thank you juan for everything juan you're the best